Internet. Hello, Internet. Episode 90, and we're not going to talk about abortion. So there. Oh, yeah. Breaking that streak finally. Hey. Yeah. 90 episodes. Yeah. Congratulations. Is that a milestone or is that just a soft milestone? It's like a 10. I've got a soft milestone for hey. you. Welcome to Outrage Factory, the podcast where we look at the things that made people mad online this week and explain why they're dumb for caring. I am your co-host of this extra special 90th episode, Derek Bolin. I'm a, that was a lot. That was a lot of syllables. <laughs> lot, I feel like words. I feel like I have to say more than just say. I'm your other co-host, Dale DeRuiter, of the extra special 90th episode. I don't know. It always bugs say me. Say with confidence, man. I'm Dale DeRuiter, <laughs> your other co-host of this extra special 90th episode. There you go. See, I I don't know. 90s, Sell it. 90s not like a big one for me. It's like 25, 50, 100. And they always have to get bigger. Yeah, but if someone celebrates a 90th birthday, that's a big, that's a big fucking deal, right? Wow. This is like our podcast 90th birthday. That's true. Are we also going to wish we were dead the whole time we're doing this? Yeah, I've wished I was dead <laughs> since episode one. <laughs> Very, much like real life, since yeah. birth, I've wished this podcast would die. It was, it's funny. I saw online someone was like, it's a joke that all millennials make, but nobody really understands why. It's like how we all joke about wanting to die. And it's true. It's in a lot of memes. Is it just millennials doing that? I figured that was just like... I think it's... it's, Through the ages. Yeah, I think it's just millennials are... Like, the younger millennials are at the age now where they're starting to joke about that. Like, they're hitting 30 and they're like, Oh, all the fun's done. Now I have to, like, fucking deal with all the mistakes I made in my 20s and scramble to try correct my financial ship that is my burning garbage barge of life yeah so i think the first step in that first of all i don't feel like i really actually this is gonna sound very like hokey self-helpy like oh, life begins at 30 but like my life was not particularly fun or interesting prior to 30 yeah um i spent a large portion of that just well stoned mostly yeah i think stoned or drunk um and then Poor, also, oh, yeah. so like that, 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 that no money a, to enjoy life. That puts a huge cramp on oh, your fun and time. I think also somebody explained it where it's like your twenties, you're planning for your life, and you're like making no one all these that. expectations. Nobody does that. Where you're going to nobody be. plans for anything. Thirty is where you like start to realize that maybe some of your dreams aren't coming true, and you're okay with it. And then your late thirties is you're like, well, I guess this is who I am. Yeah, and then <laughs> that's actually like. Later, I think from like 35 on, I was just like, you know, I am never because you like prior to that. Yeah. Kids, if you're listening right now, you spend your entire adolescence and young adulthood being yeah. like, I'm going to hit a point. There's like a finish line where I'm going to hit and I'm going to yeah. be like, life is figured out. Got the job, got the wife, got the car. Speaking of wives, we'll tie back into that later. Yeah. Um, you know, I got got job, got the wife, got the house, got the kids. This is my life. Yeah. And I figured it all out. And then once you hit like 35, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm never going to have this figured out. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's like, you just basically come to terms with it. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to be a millionaire, but I don't know. It seems pretty good to me. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, my bar is much lower than I'm like, not only am I not going to be a millionaire, it's I'm never going to have the slightest fucking idea what I'm doing ever. Well, like ever. We'll pretend we do because. Otherwise, we'll just we're hosting a podcast. We have responsibilities. Except with this podcast, like we have to, I don't know, exude an uh, 
an air of like, I don't know. Like, yeah, but I'm with you. It's like, you think you're like one day I'm just going to feel like an adult. And then you just never do. And then you look at all the adults around you and you're like, what the fuck? These are the adults. We're the ones in charge of the ship. And then you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then you look back through your entire life and how yeah. you were like an eight year old and the adults you knew at the time, they seem yeah. to have their shit together. Yeah. They like seem to understand what was yeah. going on and like at least be able to control the and then. Yeah. Now looking back, I'm like, nobody had any fucking idea then either. Yeah. Nobody it was knows like, anything. Yeah, it was like with journalists. After I went to journalism school, I was like, oh, they're just, they're just people who write stuff. They don't have like this other like wealth of knowledge that's not available to anybody else. They're just the ones who are writing stuff. And it's like politicians and shit. It's like they're just people who have been doing politics, so they're politicians now. It's like it's not like you go to this room. And they're like, okay, here's all the stuff you have to do to be a politician. It's just they get good at making themselves look good and then they're just politicians. And I guess there's like some laws and stuff that helps them along the way to know. But like Trump's like. Oh, Trump's a wild card. It's like. He's not like a career politician at all. On one hand, it's amazing though because it's like literally anybody can be president as long as you have a billion dollars. Or whatever. But it's like, it doesn't take... The great equalizer. As long as you have one billion (laughs) dollars, you too can be president. You don't have to be studious or like... It's like King Ralph. It's just like... It's very much like King (laughs) Ralph. You don't even have to be able to string a coherent sentence together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump did that... What was it? He did a fucking like surprise press conference last... Was that on Monday? Jesus Christ. Um, Where it was just like... It was very true to Trump. It was yeah. like just like insane Trump ramblings about how the Democrats were evil. And uh, but like the thing that that made me realize is that like and people were flipping out about it on Twitter. But it doesn't matter because yeah. people who are Republicans are just going to support Trump or listen to what he's saying yeah. or roll their eyes and just be like, whatever, at least it's not a Democrat in charge. Yeah. And people who are Democrats are going to be like, Trump's going to get impeached. Uh, where we're like, what, like six months out from another election? Yeah. Like, it's Trump, like Trump's not getting impeached, guys. Sorry. He might get impeached in his second term, but I doubt yeah, it. Yeah. Which he will get a second term. Yeah. 100%. We're calling it here right now. Yeah. The, uh, the Outreach Factory election predictor calling uh, the 29th. Wait. No, it's not this year. It's next 2020. year, right? 2020. Um, election for uh, Donald Trump. It's going to be a Republican for sure for because for whatever reason, they've just been doing dual terms. And I don't think there's another They're not going to replace Trump as the nominee, no. Yeah, like it's not – there's going to be nobody to rise up. Like I don't know. Pretty much after one term, it's like – it's just like George Bush. It was like everything got fucked up. Everybody was like – had pretty much by the time the second uh, election happened, it'd be like everybody had cried themselves to sleep and they're like, whatever, fuck, just okay, do it. I don't care anymore. So I think that's what's going to happen. People are just like all these people that are like so angry against Trump and everybody, they're just like, well, fuck, whatever. 
like it's already been four years. Might as well be four more. Yeah. Just deal with it. Get all the stuff you said you're going to do done, and then we'll have a Democrat. Yeah. The one thing that I don't think has happened in a very long time is a three-term party president. They can't. They have term limits. You can only be president two terms. No, I mean like can't like Trump can only be president. Oh, and for then two terms. like a, a, a Republican getting yeah. elected after Trump. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's basically like you get eight years of your bullshit, yeah. and then the other party comes in and does their bullshit for eight years, and that's kind of the only balance that's yeah. left in play. They're like, "Fuck, we'll just switch back and forth, whatever." Yeah, and the only and it's been like that since Clinton, since George Bush Senior was the last one-term president, which is hilarious. Yeah, but that was also after uh, two terms of Reagan, so that was actually the oh, three, really? three term. Yeah. Okay. Let me double check that. That makes sense. So we've had Clinton, Bush Jr., both for two terms, and they're both mired in, like, turmoil and everybody didn't like them and all this shit. So it's pretty likely that we're going to get another Trump. Uh, What do we have here? Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump. How long was Reagan in? Was he two terms? Reagan was two terms, yeah. Oh, so that was the last time there was three-term president was Reagan, or three-term party was Reagan, Reagan, Bush. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Have they even, like, have they even announced other Republicans that are going to run against Trump in the primaries? No, they, they, that would be unprecedented. Like, I don't think they're going to, they're not going to have... You don't have primaries against a sitting president. I think it's just automatically assumed that if they haven't hit their term limits, that they will be the nominee for the party. Have they nominated? Have they announced like Democrat? Like, is there anybody? No, they're all fighting it out right now. There's like what, like ten of them? uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's like uh, basically uh, uh, Sanders again. um, Fuck, that guy's old as shit. Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Fuck. What's his name? That was some uh, dipshit mayor of uh, a city in Iowa. Uh, a bunch of people you haven't fucking heard of. But that also puts the Democrats at a distinct disadvantage because yeah. you're going to have 10 people fighting it out for that nomination. And that they'll kind of hemorrhage um, voters that way. Whereas everyone who's a Republican already knows or who identifies as a Republican or leans Republican already knows who they're voting for. Yeah, exactly. You go- are you Googling? Yeah, I'm trying to Google it. Okay, the 10 Democrats most likely to be... Okay, so we've got uh, Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. As number one, he's the most likely. He's also creepy. And old as shit. He was... Wasn't he Obama's vice president? Yeah. yeah, so he's like... He's got some street cred there, doesn't he? Just like maybe he sucked in some of the mystical lure from Obama? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who the nominee is. I think people who identify as Dem... Like, the election's already decided. I don't think there are that many swing voters who... um, Like, as politics becomes more... What's the fucking word? Polarizing. Yeah. People more strongly identify like it's it's basically part of your identity now is the yeah. is the political party that you vote for so everyone knows who they're voting for yeah it's like 
the sixties and the fifties when people were like, you're being a Republican was part of your personality. Yeah. It's like the eighties and nineties or the nineties and two thousands kind of got away from that after Reagan. And now it's kind of getting back to that. So should I, should I finish this list? Sure. If you want to. So there's Joe Biden, number one, Yeah. Bernie Sanders, number two, two super old white dudes, uh, Kamala Harris, number three, don't know who that is. She was a former, she's a senator from California and a former district attorney. Um, Neat. Uh, number four is Pete Buttigieg. That's the That's Iowa mayor probably guy. probably pronounced wrong. It's B-U-T-T-I-G-I-E-G. But Jeej. But Jeej. I would vote for anybody <laughs> named Buddy Jeej. And then Elizabeth Warren, like you said, is number five. And then there's... Amy Klobuchar, Betty o- or Beto. Oh, I thought it said Betty O'Rourke, but it's a di- it's another white dude named Beto O'Rourke. He's the young hip candidate. Uh, he used to play in like a punk band or something, and there's like lots of YouTube footage of him like doing kickflips in like a suit and tie, which is like fuck off. Yeah. Uh, with a name like Beto, you better be fucking hip <laughs> and young. And then Cory Booker, which – who's the guy who wrote Black Mirror? Is that Cory Brooker? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which would get my vote just for the – just because I thought it was him. And then Steve Bullock and Andrew Yang. So none of these people have a chance to beat Trump. Like Bernie Sanders didn't even win the primary last time. He's out. Joe Biden, I think – he was kind of like – he's more of a sidekick than a president. So I don't think he has a chance. I don't know. I mean, George, the first George Bush was Reagan's vice president. Like, and he started this whole political dynasty that not only did he get to be president, his son did. I think Joe Biden would have a chance if it wasn't for all the like creepy fucking weird behavior that he's been exposed for. Like uh inappropriately touching women smelling smelling women's hair uh just being like yeah generally kind of weird so yeah in the me too generation well i mean trump <laughs> that shouldn't matter against yeah trump, but, but that's the will. difference between yeah uh i i you know i say this with a grain of salt but i think that's the difference between Republicans and Democrats is that Democrats care very much about that shit and will not vote for someone based on it. Republicans Mm -hmm. don't give a fuck as long as they get lower taxes and, you know, a strong economy. Yeah. Um, Which, like, if you can deliver those things, touch all the women you want. Be as inappropriate as you like. Exactly. So it's like if you want to run as a Democrat, you're like kind of hamstrung. That's probably why Trump chose to be a Republican, just because it's a way easier route to becoming president. Because he used to be... Before he was ever, like, running for president, wasn't he, like, a Democrat way back in the day? I don't fucking know. Probably not. He's I a rich he white guy. Why would he be a Democrat? Well, all those actors are rich and white, and they're Democrats. Mm, but they're, you know. Bill Clinton's a Democrat, and he's rich and white. Although they're, like, the most Republican Democrats ever, the Clintons. I don't know. Let's stop talking about politics. Yeah. Because <laughs> I i don't know if you noticed, but I've I think you've exhausted your knowledge. <laughs> I've just surpassed my knowledge. Because I do not think the Clintons are the most Republic Democrat, Republican Democrats ever. Not ever, but in recent history. Mm-hmm. Who? Who? Obama? Agree to disagree. Obama? Yeah, Obama had very similar policies to the Clintons. They're like... Uh, oh, well, I mean... I. 
Sorry, I misspoke. I meant like Clint, the Clint or George or Bill Clinton started the whole swaying Democrats to be more like uh, Republicans, and then no, Barack Obama incorrect. Just continued. Yeah, false. Who did what? Who did? That's just the United States in general has been like uh, shifting. I don't think there there was not one particular. I mean, Democrats and Republicans are not particularly different, except for the fact that Democrats. Um, yell a lot more loudly about like social programs and uh like bernie sanders definitely broke the mold there and that he was like he's a very uh traditional left-leaning candidate yeah whereas the rest of them are uh very pro-business uh very um pro-war yeah uh like they'll like yell a little bit louder about social causes and like you look mm-hmm. at like the uh, the abortion debate that's raging on right now. Yeah. But they're not at least policy wise, they're not that different. It's like you have um the Republicans are like very right leaning. Yeah. And then the Democrats are like center right, I would put them, and yeah, then there's just no left wing. Yeah, it's just like the Republicans are very right and the Democrats are just right. Yeah. 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 I, I'd agree with that. Okay, cool. Totally. Hey. Hey. You know who else was right? <laughs> Not the guy. Who, I don't fucking know. You, oh, you we can had, know. Wait, wait. You know who else is leaning to a point? <laughs> nice. And then. <laughs> uh, we had a beautiful gift dropped in our lap, uh, laps yesterday uh, in a new wife. So you might remember thick wife guy. Yeah. Uh, from what last year, yeah. uh, the guy who wrote the like lengthy screed about how he loved his uh, big fat wife, super fat wife. Uh, and then yesterday we had Cliff Wife guy, uh, <laughs> who is a what do I want to say YouTube influencer, uh, a YouTuber, YouTube and Snapchat star Sean Duras, aka Sean McBride, shared a dramatic vlog this week from his Hawaii family vacation. The video catches his wife falling from a trail down to a rocky shore. So uh, this guy posted a dramatic video of him sitting there with his wife, uh, both of them uh, in tears, talking about their newfound appreciation for life. Uh, So you start watching the video and you're like, holy shit, like this person almost died. That's insane. Mm -hmm. And then you start watching the video and it has footage of her and they're walking along a path. And she stumbles and she rolls like 10 feet down a grassy knoll and yeah, lands like, on a beach. And I'm like, like, what? Yeah, that's – I wouldn't call that a clip. I would call that an embankment. So she like – what happened was they were walking on a totally fine path and then she just like fell on her butt and then just kind of slowly fell over. And then it was like she rolled from her butt and then like – ass over tea kettle and then by the time she hit the ground she was like right side up again so that's like what 10 feet maybe less less definitely looked like less uh and anyway the twitter just had a fucking field day with this guy to the point where he actually like ended up deleting the tweet because (laughs) uh come the fuck on that was not in your death experience like this is something that um that you just kind of like definitely dramatized to get, which I guess you have to do when you're a YouTube entertainer. I mean, like if you're an influencer and you're taking vacations to Hawaii, there's a certain product that you have to uh, deliver and that's over embellishing regular activities. Like you and me have fallen down probably worse than this. 
Like, did did they say what her injuries were in the end? Uh, let me read the article here. Like, this was like a sprained ankle maybe fall, which I'm going to say. Like, it looked like she could have, like, rolled her ankle. Like, anybody who's fallen downstairs probably got hurt worse than this. Uh, afterwards, she said she had scrapes and bruises but wasn't seriously injured. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me, like, I get, like, I don't even know why they said she, like, because when she was describing it, she was like, I was twisting and turning, trying to grab onto anything. And it was like, didn't look like she was. Like, maybe she's just. I mean, the whole fall lasted about two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is when her fucking floppy hat flies off of her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been watching this uh, pretty religiously over the past couple days. I'm trying to be a better person generally and not like. Let me explain why it's okay to laugh at this. Okay. Because she didn't get hurt and they over embellished it. I think that's like the yeah. over embellishment thing is, is what got me. I, like I was going to say, I'm trying to be a better person and yeah. not revel in the misfortune of others uh, as much as I used to, which was all the fucking time. Like it's very hard not to. And, and this is one thing where I feel okay about it because yeah. like you're just being a dipshit and like trying to play this into uh, a near death experience, which it most definitely was fucking not. Like if you if you walk away some from something and your worst injury is scrapes and bruises, uh, which is something my five year old son comes home from kindergarten with every day. Yeah, that's that's a laugh it off. Yeah, like. I'm with you. Like, it's hard not to laugh at other people's misfortune, but like the number three thing on the internet is like after porn, after aliens is people falling down. Like, or remember fail video compilation, fail blog. And it was just like people wiping out or like, there's people who like go even further and make just like fat people falling down. And then like, they laugh at them even more. Um, yeah, no, it's like, when she, like I was saying, she's like, oh, I thought I was going to die. And so I was like, how did you think you were going to die? Like, it's not like you couldn't see the ground. And I get like seeing the ground and being like, oh, this will probably hurt. And it's like, yeah. Oh, another thing I want. You just reminded me of this. So my girlfriend's aunts were here. And we went for dinner. One thing happened. She was like, so what are you guys doing your weekend? And I told her about the podcast. And then she was like, oh, you do a podcast. That's good. And I had to immediately backpedal because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to soft sell it like to make it look like it's not worth listening to. But I. Oh, I do that all the time. Definitely not listen to a podcast. Didn't want her to listen to it. Because it was like all that talk about like fucking which monkey would taste the best and they're covered in jizz and stuff. I was just like. (laughs) All of this was flashing through my head and I was like, dear God, please don't listen to this. And I don't tell people at work because I'm like, I don't want them to know about this. Like, I want them. You do talk about work a pretty significant amount as well. Yeah. And all the jokes that we come up with on this podcast, I reuse at work. So I don't want to burn all my grade A material and have everybody not think I'm like the funniest guy ever. They don't. My jokes are just as annoying to them. But. One thing that happened was one of them got sick and Andrew was telling me like – because we were supposed to go for dinner last night instead of brunch this morning. But we couldn't because one of them was sick and puking. And Andrea told me she was puking all night and I was like (laughs) – because there's this thing. I don't know where it came from. 
So I guess this is like Dale's therapy factory. I real this made me realize that for whatever reason, I don't know where this baggage came from, and I'm just gonna tuck it away and not really deal with it until I have enough money to go to a therapist or something. But when I hear that old people are puking, it's funny to me. Like if that's somebody's fucked up, man. You don't think that's funny? No. Ah, shit. <laughs> like I was, I was gonna bring it to you and be like, "Am I weird for thinking that people just puking is funny?" Like specifically, old people. Well, I don't know. I think it's more funny because they're old. Like if someone's like, "Oh, I puked. La- I got so sick last night. I puked." I'm like, <laughs> I think it might be from when we used to drink and people would puke all the time. And I thought it was hilarious. Or how much I used to puke when I was drunk. I think there's like a comedic threshold. Like if yeah. if you're at like a public event and someone like barfs on stage yeah. or if you, if someone gets puked on, yeah, that's funny ish. Yeah. It makes me more nauseous than anything. Actually, okay. Yeah. But like if I was like talking about my mom or whatever, who's like in her early sixties, I'm not talking like old people. Like if they barf, they might die. It's funny. Cause that's just scary. You're like, Holy fuck. What's wrong with you? But like in your like early sixties, like, if I if like I told you my mom puked, whatever, she got sick of puked, and she's like sixty three or whatever, you'd just be like, Oh, that's not funny at all. No, I'd be like, I hope your mom's okay, man. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that's something I have to deal with eventually. If you were like, My mom puked all over she was like making out with some dude and she barfed all over his face, <laughs> that would be hilarious to me. Or she like puked think, in his mouth. I think my mom making out with somebody <laughs> is already hilarious. <laughs> Like, it's hilarious from the jump. Uh, If you told me that your mom puked and then posted a vlog on YouTube about her near-death experience, (laughs) or she was, like, rolling down a cliff. Oh, man. uh, Imagine that cliff was projectile vomited this big arc as she fell. (laughs) Imagine if biologically our reaction to a near-death experience was just, like, to void our body. Like, it isn't just when you die. But it's when you think you're about to die, you're like, that's it, it's over, yeah. and you puke and shit. Like that would be beautiful. And it gets so bad that like you're like texting on your phone and you go to go like go across a crosswalk and somebody honks and you're like <laughs> <laughs> You just immediately puke everywhere because it like scares you that much. There has to be I'm oh sure God. that's a medical condition. Like people somebody who is sensitive enough to actually like have it make them just void their body <laughs> if they get scared enough. This would be like if this existed, like everybody gets this tomorrow. The human race would evolve past this in a month because everybody would just be scaring each other until they vomited constantly. Like they'd be doing prank scares and videotaping it and people puking. And then like the human race would have to evolve or it would like die. Are you Googling it? I'm Googling. Uh, apparently, there's a question on Quora. Why do people vomit when they're scared? Uh, this is something we see in many other animals, too, most notably in boas, pythons, and anacondas. Oh, God. So you and me are in the jungle. You get eaten by a boa. This is the only response. And then I just go, boo, and then it pukes you up. Yeah. So, like. We learned something new today. If you ever know anyone who's a victim of. Wait, boa constrictors are the ones that will just, like, crush the life out of you before they eat you. Yeah, that doesn't work. That wouldn't work. I was thinking of, like, John, the John, the whole John Voight situation in the movie Anaconda. When John Voight got eaten, 
and then puked out, and then he was like still kind of alive and blinked. Like, was Jennifer Lopez in that movie? Apparently, John Voight did something uh, problematic as well. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and then um, Jason Alexander tweeted, "I don't want his car anymore because it doesn't know where it's driving itself or something." What? Because <laughs> remember, there was that episode of Seinfeld where he was trying to get John Voight's car. And then it ended up being, like, the dentist John Voight and not the actual John Voight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wasn't it, like... I didn't watch what it was, but it was, like, a rambling video, wasn't it? Actor John Voight. President Trump is the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. That's... It's a... It's pretty, uh... It's a pretty bold claim. Uh... Yeah, weird that this fucking, like... Ancient, decrepit white man would appreciate Donald Trump as uh, yeah. a president. Uh, so my celebrity encounter. So I used to work at a Chapters bookstore uh, on Robson and Gravel in downtown Vancouver. How long ago was that? Oh fuck! Uh, we lived together at the time. Oh, in the Mouse House. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but one of my few celebrity encounters there was John Voight came in, and he was with. I think it was his girlfriend, mm. but it was a woman at least 40 years younger than him who looked exactly like Angelina Jolie. Maybe it was Angelina Jolie. No, I don't think it was because it didn't look... Okay, it didn't look exactly... It looked It looked enough like Angelina Jolie that I was like, this is fucking weird because... That is that, weird. That's his daughter. Maybe it was his... But Angelina it wasn't... Jolie's brother because they look similar. Her si- sister? Brother. Like, she has a brother. Remember they kissed on stage and it was, like, this whole big thing? No, I don't remember that. He, it's like, she also, has a brother. Was, it was a woman. She has a she has a brother with, like, the same lips as her. So it's very confusing. Yeah, no, he was definitely with a woman who looked mostly like Angelina Jolie. That is disgusting. It was fucking weird. Okay, there are things that don't have rules. Like, you're allowed to date women way younger than you. Yeah, it's if, well, like, if they're over, like, 20, like, it's, it's socially frowned upon, but it's, like, becoming more and more, like, John Voight saying, like, a 60-year-old dating a 40-year-old. It's, like, it's socially acceptable. Okay, once you hit a certain threshold, sure. But I think you should never be allowed to date someone who looks like your daughter. They should just be, like... I can't even do the same name thing. Like, it weirds oh. me out when people will date, um... Like, uh, my ex, Courtney, yeah. has a brother named Tim. Yeah. And for a while, she was dating a guy named Tim. Oof. And I was like, that's fucking bizarre. Ooh. Like, I just, I couldn't do it. I could not date, well, first of all, I would never date someone named Dwayne or Jared. <laughs> Come for, on. for obvious reasons. Yeah, we're only for 40. Reasons. We're only 40. We still have, that's, that could be our last big surprise is in our 50s or 60s, we're like, oh, we're gay now. <laughs> well, if that happens, we're going to fuck each other, right? Wow, Dale, come on, man. I spent years laying the groundwork for this. Can't believe you would just right, shoot me. Right, Jesus right. Christ. I, th- I think it would up our... Only if we're still doing the podcast because it'll up our cred. Yeah. Up our social credit cred. Yeah. Once we, once we hit episode, what would that be? If we're doing 52 episodes a year... Uh, we're not doing 52 because we're on 90 and we've been doing this two years in like four months. All right. Well, let's say we do 40 episodes a year. Yeah. And you're turning 40 yeah. this year. Yeah. So that would be another 10 years. So four, 400 episodes. So for yeah. our, let's just say for our 500th episode, Dale and I will go gay for each other on air. 
just like please tune in. I, I think we just put add it to your calendars. Logan Paul herself. What? Remember when he said he was gonna go gay for a month? And we uh, talked about. Oh it? yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the internet exploded in a non-problematic way. We're not yeah. just gonna go gay for a month. We are going to go gay for a podcast episode. You know, please listen to us have sex with each other. This might be problematic for me to say, but mid (laughs) middle aged male homosexual style is one of my favorite. What, like the way they dress? Yeah, yeah, like a mix between Hawaiian and '80s Don Johnson, and just like. A little bit more class. It's just like I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy forty different Paisley shirts. Nice. <laughs> That's gonna be it for me. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna buy pastel colored khakis. Nice. We're talking salmon, baby blue. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can you pronounce salmon again? Salmon. I call it salmon. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it started as a joke. Lord. That I started doing because I had these salmon covered pants. And then guys would start, because I'm a welder, so guys would bust my balls. They're like... You wore these to weld in? Yeah, not to weld in, but I'd wear them to work, and then I'd change it to my welding clothes. And dudes would be like, nice pink shorts, and I'd be like, they're salmon. <laughs> and they're like... And they would just like... I don't know. It's like one of those like defensive mechanisms where it's like you say something so ridiculous that they're not expecting that it like short circuits their like jock joke brain part and then they just can't come back they don't know whether to make fun of you for the shorts anymore or for the way you just pronounced it or for your general demeanor and the awful jokes you make exactly so then i started calling them salmon so often that whenever it's only when it's clothes i don't call like if i go to a restaurant i'm like oh i can eat salmon i never it's (laughs) like anything next time you order salmon (laughs) in the restaurant pronounce it but it's like Whenever I'm talking about an article of color of clothing and it's salmon colored, I always call it salmon. And it's one of those things that started out as a joke and now it's just the way I am. I think that's how everybody's quirks happen. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of, well, I can't because I was just trying to in my brain be like, what's something I started doing ironically and then stopped doing ironically and started doing sincerely? And that's probably like every joke I've ever made. I think that was like the whole genius of me wearing pink was I started doing it ironically and I was like oh wait I just actually like the color pink (laughs) (laughs) cool Uh, right, should we take a break we're at 35 minutes yeah because I totally forgot what we're talking about anyway cool Uh, it was you really liking old people puking that came from Cliff Wife and Uh, then we're talking about John Voight alright and him dating a girl who looked like his daughter which is gross and, and the name thing, which is also gross. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a girl that I was sort of, like, talking to. And you know, like, that stage, like, right before you're going to make out where you, like, hung out maybe once or twice casually. And then you're, like, going to start getting romantic. And her name was Carrie. And my sister's Carrie. And I was like, this girl's pretty hot. This could go somewhere. I'm like, but her name is Carrie. <laughs> and so we hung out. And then we had fun. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then... We, like, did the thing where we are going to go hang out at one of each other's houses. I can't remember. It was, like, 10 years ago. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I'm out. <laughs> you actually Sorry. the plug. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, got, I, I made some bullshit. Like, Dale doesn't handle, like, social situations as well as he should. Like, I wasn't like, you have the same name as my sister. This is too awkward for me. I can't handle it. I was probably just, like, ghosted her. 
or something idiotic. Wow, before ghosting was even a thing. Yeah, I think ghosting has been a thing since Adam and Eve, probably. That's probably what happened. Like, Adam didn't eat the apple. Eve just ghosted him. She was, he was like, did you eat the apple? You're not supposed to eat the apple. She's like, yeah, I totally She just <laughs> left her red receipts on. Yeah. And saw that. <laughs> so Adam spent the rest of his life saying that she had read the message and just never replied to it. It was really hurt his self-esteem. Okay, we'll be right back. Dale, can you give us an extra sexy one just for the subject matter okay. we have coming up? And we're back. Maybe a little louder <laughs> in, in the spirit. Do you, do you want to hear my sex voice that I use when I get down? Do I? I mean, we're going to fucking 400 episodes. And so. we're back. <laughs> that's, <laughs> we're back. That's my pillow talk voice. That's hot. Hey. Oh, what's up? <laughs> That Andrea's a lucky girl. girl. Okay. <laughs> uh, or in 410 episodes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. I'm already getting, getting semi-erect thinking about it. Hey. In a subject that I don't know how well this portrays our podcast, but Screams Outrage Factory there's been a decision on a certain a very important decision activity setting precedence, if you will, on doing this at work. Click through and watch 500 ads before we tell you what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> so for the first time, there was a zero precedent for yeah. this. Uh, this is the first time this had gone to the courts in Canada, uh, but. Uh, this week, a judge ruled that a company is justified in firing a unionized employee for masturbating in a bathroom stall at work. And this is why everybody makes fun of unions, because this guy not only was masturbating while at work, but he thought he had a right to do so. That's disgusting. Like, <clears throat> I don't want to sound like a old school pilgrim here, but at least don't masturbate at work. Have you ever gotten sexy at work? Like with yourself or another person? Yes. Okay. I just, interesting. Go on. I thought it was against the rules. So of course it heightened the experience. Yeah. If I would have known that people could do it willy nilly, as long as they're not moaning too loud, I'd have been like, well, this is just, just like doing it at home. You want to, you want to share, you want to share the story? Of what? Me masturbating at work? Wait, did you masturbate at work? Well, you said getting... You said sexy time with yourself. No, or, or I don't... another person. I don't know if you know this about me when I was in my early 20s, but I was a sex crazed man, and pretty much every decision in my life in my 20s pertained around how can I get attention from women... And turn that intention into sex attention into sexy time. That was and my whole life. If I can't do that, how can I rub one out in a staff bathroom at work? Well, it was more like Wait, what I job should was this? Rub this out. I can't remember. I think it was just some like temporary labor gig. Oh, okay. Where I was just like didn't want to have an erection at work, so I rubbed one out. 
because I don't know, back when all my shit still was like fucking ready to go at any time, it would just be annoying because you'd like be talking to a girl and you don't want to be the creep who talks to a girl and then everybody sees he has a giant erection. You want to be the guy who talks to a girl. You want to be the girl. creep who talks to a girl and then someone busts you masturbating Nobody in the bathroom busted shortly me, after. so it wasn't Jesus creepy. Christ. Nobody busted me, so it's not creepy. Hey. It's still kind of. Full disclosure, the perfect crime. It's still a little. Yeah, it's a little creepy. I'm going to have to edit this out. Ah, whatever. We'll leave I, it I don't care. <laughs> Spoiler alert. In my 20s, I was a bit creepy. Most girls that are friends with me know that because as we talked about many times before on this podcast, when I was in my, tw- I'll just speak for myself and just myself. When I was in my twenties, there was probably some problematic speech that I directed at women. Like I never got like forcibly handsy or anything, but there was definitely me trying to coerce sexual flavors or did you just, just say sexual flavors? I think I did by accident. But, um, like, trying to get sexual favors or just inappropriate jokes. Yeah, I'll cop to that, too. There was definitely mm-hmm. um, some shit I'm not proud of. Uh, and I, I don't know if I've actually ever masturbated in, um, in a work bathroom. But I definitely did. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you get laid at work? Oh, yeah. Well, because I worked with actually multiple girlfriends of mine uh, at various jobs, which is a horrible experience and I would never, ever recommend it. Oh, yeah. Um, Having sex at work sounds like a terrible experience. Yeah. I don't. It was fine or whatever, but the cons of like living with and working with someone definitely outweigh the pros of like having sex in a work bathroom once or twice. Wait, are you going to tell me that when we lived and worked together? No, that was, that was wonderful. That was a truly magical experience that I would not trade for anything, but, uh, thank you for the slow cry. (laughs) I was like, I was trying to open this can (laughs) quietly, but it just ended up being way longer. Yeah. Probably much like this dude's masturbatory session. So back to the case. No, let's talk about you having sex. No, just kidding. Do I mean? No, let's just we uh, bathroom. Also in the Zen, we had a Zen room. Uh, this was not a Cleo. Anyone who's lit, where Cleo, we also have a Zen room. This was I have not had sex at Cleo ever. You guys have a Zen room. Yeah, it's it's very like startupy techy. So you let, have like. Let me ask you one question. There's a Himalayan salt lab in it. Is that what you were going to no. ask? No. My question is, so I'm at work. I'm getting frustrated. I need to fucking chill out. And I go in the Zen room. Am I still getting paid? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, you can't go in there for multiple hours. But like, but. you just get paid while you're like chilling out, trying to zen yourself. Also, if you have a zen room, how is not everybody not just masturbating in there? I don't know. I only ever had sex in it once, and then also one time I didn't do it. I only it was had very sex. Zen. Uh, I only had sex in the Zen room once, and then also one time I went into the Zen room for actual Zenning purposes, and I fell asleep uh, and woke up like three hours later, and it was seven p.m. and there was no one left in the office, and like 
I just like disappeared partway through yeah. my shift and nobody had any fucking idea where I had gone and nobody else had come into the room at all. And I like slept for multiple hours, which goes to show you what an invaluable employee I was. Cause yeah. like nobody noticed I had disappeared. Wait, so what happened? Did you like, did you have keys and stuff or did you have to call someone to come back? And oh no, I, yeah, like I could just let myself out, but they oh, were, okay. everyone was like, Oh, we thought you'd just gone home. And I was That's like, why would no one say anything hilarious. to me about that? Um, Right. Okay, I went from the Zen room being incredibly stupid and a waste of money to every job should have a Zen room, including mine, so I can use it and still get paid. Although I don't know how Zen I would need to be at work. I think I would just I, – I know for sure I would abuse the whole thing. I would go in there. I'd be like, I need some Zen, and I would just go listen to music. Yeah, I don't know how many people actually use because we do have one at Clio as well, and I don't know how many people actually like. I've never seen a person enter or exit that room, so who knows? I mean, clearly it, the one at my previous employer uh, wasn't widely used because I was able to have sex in it and sleep in it for three hours without mm-hmm. anyone noticing <laughs> that I was gone. So you, I feel like. Just the fact that one person has had sex in the Zen room once is like I'm an HR nightmare. Very sure I'm not the only person. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like firsthand experience, you know, if you can do it and you've done it, multitudes of people have done it. So if you've had sex in the Zen room, I can't even imagine how much other, how many other people have had sex in the Zen room, and how big of a fucking like. If people were okay with it at the time and then they like stopped being okay with it after, how big of like a fucking shit show it would turn into. Or if there was ever like a situation of like a superior sleeping with an underling or like people yeah. cheating on their spouses, which like luckily neither was the case. Like mine was my partner at the time and I was mm-hmm. not her superior. So, yeah. But yeah, no, that's. That's I mean, crazy. You, you shouldn't just. You shouldn't trust people to work together, I guess. Now I feel like you should edit my story out because – not because I'm ashamed that I masturbated at work, but because your story is so much cooler. That you had sex in the Zen room and I didn't. I don't – I think I've only ever slept with one coworker, let alone – oh, wait, two. But the second one, she wasn't my coworker at the time. Yeah. It was someone I'd say that's smarter. No, it was just – that's how long it took to convince her that I was a viable person to have sex with. <laughs> and it wasn't until after she, like, encountered you every single day. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I talked to her every day, and then she still had sex with me. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, sure. Like, I'm not going to say no, but are you sure you want to do this? Because <laughs> I still have the same personality I did before. So, Yeah. Um, so yeah, this guy did not have a Zen room. Uh, also, uh, so a couple things here. Yeah. Uh, his defense, um, to go back, it appears to be the first Canadian labor case on the subject. Neither the company nor the union's representative has been able to find any case dealing with masturbation in the workplace. Um, The employee and his union tried various unsuccessful arguments in their grievance, including that he had a disability of sex addiction, which, fair enough, if you have to rub one out in the bathroom, think back to 20-year-old Dale. Yeah. You could say that you had a sex addiction at the time. Well, I would never moan loud enough for anybody to hear me. One, I don't think anybody should moan when they're masturbating because that's just gross. 
And two, if you're at work, this is like secret activity. Okay, so uh, they also argued that he had not been properly warned because managers were too embarrassed to directly tell him what the complaints were about. No fucking shit. Uh, and instead spoken euphemisms about unusual noises. Fair. Okay, idiot. If you've masturbated at work and then a manager comes up and is like, uh, we've had complaints about your unusual noises in the bathroom, you got to think to yourself, or do you think he dukes? And well, that's the thing. Well? Like, maybe he was like also a noisy, which I would like to actually see this extended to noisy shitters in the workplace because, like, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. I don't know if I'd rather come out of a bathroom stall and come eye to eye with somebody who I knew was masturbating noisily or eye to eye with somebody who I just like heard take an explosive shit. They're both really awkward. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yeah, about what you, happened to you bet I okay. do. So I'm walking towards the bathroom. A guy's coming from the other way and I'm like, oh, hey. And he's like, hey. And then we go both through the, cause it's like you go into our lunchroom and then you go around the corner and then you go to the bathroom. So I go, hey, and then we go into the lunchroom, and then we both keep walking, and I was like, whoa, are we both going to the bathroom together? Just, like, being obnoxious, and then he, like, <laughs> like, so in the bathroom, it goes, like, most male bathrooms, there's the urinals first, and then the stalls, and then, so he goes, he keeps walking, I'm like, oh, pass the urinals, we're gonna be shit buddies, <laughs> Jesus and he, like... How do you have a job? <laughs> well, it's, it's a friend. But, All right. But then he's like, and I was like, oh, sorry. Did I, did I make it awkward? Is, it, is this going to affect your performance? And then he was like, I'll just come back. And this was like a 23-year-old guy. So it wasn't like I just like ruined some uh, old guy's like expectation of how people talk to each other. So if you don't want to listen to somebody shit loudly beside you just make it awkward right before they shit so they wait till you're done okay noted yeah otherwise yeah it's at least twice as awkward when if you're like just poop quietly like yeah. i understand sometimes it's a thing we don't have control over but like there are people who i work with who i know shit noisily every time they shit dude they're not well. This is one <laughs> awesome thing about welding is we have a little like and the trades in general. It's like you have a little more lax room with HR. So they like it's not as over policed because like I know for sure, not even me, if somebody was in the bathroom shitting and like moaning and being like hurt, any other guy that was next to him would make fun of him instantly as it was happening. Be like, oh, you OK in there, bud? You having a little trouble? <laughs> So it's like this weird – it's – on one hand, it's bad because you're not supposed to make fun of everybody and you're supposed to get along in this like super workplace utopia. But on the other hand, it shames people into not pooping loudly. So it's a win. So maybe we, we need to find – like with all this anti-bullying shit, it's good to not have kids bullying each other. But we're missing this like – there's this sweet spot – you, everyone needs a little shame in their lives. Yeah. Like it keeps you on the path to not doing things like pooping loudly or jerking off in a staff. Yeah, bathroom. exactly. You need to just feel bad enough about what you're doing to make it 
at the least amount of annoying for other people there. I will say that uh, we've had a couple talks about organized religion lately, and I will say this is another. So there's the sense of community, and there's yeah. also like if you're a member of organized religion, you do have that like oh. probably overbearing sense of shame. But if we could just like tone that down a little bit and be like, you should be a little embarrassed by all the embarrassing shit you do all the time. Yeah, like when we were younger, like when we were teenagers, we kind of rebelled against that and we were just obnoxious and loud. But there were many things like you don't even think about it, but like religion taught us because you and me both like went to church or whatever when we were kids. And one thing I noticed that it taught me that a lot of people don't have now is you can like I was taught to sit still. And that was like a fucking grueling lesson for me because I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a pretty like not sit still kid. And when I was little, I didn't want to sit still at all and I fucking hated it. And it took like years for my parents to finally get me to just that I'd sit there quietly. Like I would – it started where I like – it would stop making noise, but I'd still be fucking around with books and fidgeting. And then they finally stopped that doing. And it's just like, that's one example. Like you look at society now, this is like old guy, deal, old deal, old man deals. Go off old man. Deal. Like you go to the mall or anything and you see all these kids and it's just like, well, that kid was never taught how to sit like quietly. Or you go to like the waiting room at the hospital and everybody's just like talking loud to each other and like fucking fidgeting and screaming. And you're like, this is a hospital. We're all. <laughs> this is I come to hospitals to feel calm and at peace. Well, I go to the emergency room. Yeah. That's my Zen room. I expect no trauma or <laughs> loud yelling. Well, it's more like I'm in pain. So I'm going to be annoyed by everything more than I nor more than my high level of annoyance at other people would be. So it's just making it worse. So you got to respect that. Like if I go to the hospital, I'm not going to be loud because I think everybody should be quiet. I'm going to be or I'm going to be quiet because everybody's that much closer to losing control and going crazy. It's a valid point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kids are all dickheads. We can't discipline them the way like nobody feels ashamed. Everyone's yeah. taught that they're like uh, that they are empowered to be whatever kind of person they want to be, even yeah. if that person is the world's most obnoxious shithead. Yeah, and the problem is, one other thing is, like, if you're empowered to be whatever you are, you're not necessarily thinking about long term. Like, if you think you're empowered and you take all these videotapes of yourself doing this stuff that you shouldn't feel bad about now, and then 20 years from now you want to get, like, a government job, you're not going to be able to because of all this, like, empowerment stuff you did now. Which, I don't know. We talked about that a lot, so I don't want to get into that too much. Yeah. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Oh, I want to just wrap this up by saying uh, the, uh, the interesting thing is that uh, the judge, or sorry, the arbitrator, mm-hmm. wasn't even a judge, um, so the, the arbitrator was initially asked to decide uh, whether the act of loudly masturbating in a stall justified discipline and termination and whether a bathroom stall is a sufficiently private place. Uh, on this point, I accept there is nothing illegal about masturbation, he wrote. 
Uh, he said the problem is that the employee violated the privacy and sense of personal decorum of his coworkers and ignored warnings to stop. So ah. my takeaway from this is that if you want to jerk off in a bathroom and work, it's actually legal for you to do so as long as you're quiet about it. Yeah. Ditto for pooping. And you don't make any eye contact. Yeah, definitely do not do that. Does uh, it say how many times this guy had been warned? No, just that he had before. Oh, um, it's even worse. The employee testified that he masturbated in one of four stalls in a hangar bathroom, but only when there was nobody in a stall next to him. What's a hangar bathroom? Like in an air, like he was an air, airport employee, so in like an oh, airplane hangar. And then he just went and handled everybody's bags. Yeah, probably like rubbed oh. every seat in the airplane. Uh, he maintained that he never made noises and kept his phone on silent if he was watching videos, uh, which is bold to watch wow, porno movies. Wow, that's even worse. Like, why you got to masturbate at work, bro? <laughs> I mean, I just gave an example of why I did, but like mine was purely as like a preemptive measure and not like. Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting a little too comfortable at work. Uh, two years after the initial meeting where the complaints were discussed, complaints about the employee's behavior reached a boiling point again with one employee complaining to Human Resources that the masturbation had become more frequent and brazen. Uh, the company conducted an investigation. The employee was eventually fired. So, uh, Oh, yeah, because it's like it's not like this creep is going to get more discreet with his masturbating. It sounds like he was just like, he masturbated once and he was like, oh shit, I got away with it. Maybe, uh... And then like, the sense of danger that was heightening his masturbation probably wore off so he had to just be like, more brazen and more loud just so that it was more likely he'd get caught to give him more like... Well, yeah, maybe he was actually getting off on the fact that like people could hear him, which you would think, yeah, if if you were escalating the masturbatory arms race instead of just keeping it to your fucking self, yeah, uh, I would say that this guy definitely has a fetish around uh, his co-workers hearing him jack off. It's going to be pretty hard for him to get a new job. Yeah, they did not publish his name in the uh, in the That's newspaper article. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? Uh, what else? Oh, I wanted to. I don't know. Do we need to talk about this? Uh, How selfie culture ruins the great outdoors for everyone else was this article that was posted in the Walrus. I want to say. Well, I think I think this is something we need to talk about because it's a problem that's not going away, and it is like. Well, I was taught, I mentioned it before when somebody fell in the Grand Canyon, there was like eight people in two weeks or something that died in the Grand Canyon. And it was an indeterminate amount of them who died from trying to take pictures or selfies. There were those YouTube travel vloggers that uh, went over the edge of a waterfall here in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Uh, that also died from that. Uh, we were taught, we were actually talking about this topic last week about people doing dangerous shit. Yeah. Um, for selfies or, or for Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Um, so my take on this uh, basically is that, yeah, like the, the Internet has won. Social media culture has won. Yeah. This is just kind of the way of the world now. Uh, Kate, my girlfriend. Yeah. Fucking hates social media. Good. Hates the way I am on social media. Good. Which, like, fair enough. I totally get it. Yeah. I'm a little obnoxious. Well, it's like. I'm just going to say this. I give you leeway because 
your job involves community because you're like a community manager. So you have to embellish your social media ness as part of your like. Yeah, but even that's not the reason I do it anymore. Yeah. And like I try to explain to Kate, like the way I am now mm-hmm. is like a vast improvement over how I used to be. Yeah. Like I'm pretty subdued on social media these days. <laughs> um, and cause before I was just like off the chain, like everything was getting shared every meal, every concert I went to every fucking like moment with my kids, every yeah. kid singular. Something you want to tell Don't us. Don't have Derek? a second one that I'm aware of. Did from uh, <laughs> But, uh, and I think this is just like, True, and I was talking about this with you and Sean yesterday, is, mm-hmm. is how I want to start an Instagram tourism company yeah. because that's basically, like, all people want now is to, like, the reason people – I'm generalizing, but, yeah. like, the reason a lot of people go hiking, the reason a lot of people – uh, you know, fucking visit places at all or get off yeah. their asses so they can like swoop in, get a shot for their Instagram, swoop out. Um, and this article touched on how, uh, particularly in BC, yeah. where we have all this beautiful wilderness and, mm-hmm. and this terrain um, and these parks that aren't equipped for uh, these like crowds of people coming in. And... Uh, to compound the problem, the people who come into these parks to get these selfies aren't the kind of people who particularly give a shit uh, about maintaining the sanctity of nature. They're going to come in. They're going to throw garbage all over the fucking place. They're going to trample whatever they want. Um, so my take on it is is basically this is just the way it is, and we need to find a way to kind of allow people to do what they're going to do regardless, but do so in like a thoughtful and considerate way. Yeah. For me, like, I don't, I don't know. This is going to sound insensitive, but if you like all these, there's like the rash of deaths of people like falling off the sides of cliffs because they're like trying to take selfies beside them. And I don't necessarily feel bad for you because that's, you're just like become a statistic and it's like, if you think about it, the whole population is this massive organism and some have to die so others could live in all this stuff. But my thing is, if you're fucking ruining the nature for other people, that's where I have a problem. Like uh, in California, the super bloom, which happens in this canyon, it's like all these wild poppies bloom and it's like the whole – I can't remember which canyon it is specifically, but this year – there was so many people t- like laying down in the poppies and taking selfies that they actually closed off the canyon and weren't allowing people to go into it. There was something in Toronto too that uh, – what was it? A sunflower field that basically uh, had to – like he had to shut it down because – uh, people were just like storming into a sunflower field and like trampling these fucking sunflowers yeah. to, to get a shot of them next to sunflowers. So, uh, yeah. And it's like, and the, and like you said, it's just, it's tourists and stuff, which I'm not going to just hate on every tourist because I've done some touristing, but it's people who don't appreciate the land because they're just going to be there for a week and then they're going to leave. So they don't necessarily care if they trample said like five 
sunflowers to get to the big, nice sunflower that's just behind the other ones. Got to get that perfect sunflower. Yeah. For your gram. Yeah. And like, I'm not sure, but wasn't there some situation where like every once in a while some idiot will jump into a zoo enclosure with a dangerous animal and they'll get mangled. But was there one where somebody just talked about this? A woman got mauled to death by like a panther or cougar or something because she was trying to take a selfie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Because I know there's some that like they don't think the animal's dangerous and they're like twisted or something. So they jump in there. But Yeah. yeah. And then like in what was it? Mexico where all those people were taking selfies with the baby dolphin and they held it out of the water too long and it actually died, died. from it. Yeah. And that's that's just like mob mentality and that's like that's the one situation that's the one example where you're like, this is so disgusting. You guys get your shit together. And it's like like what we were talking about before, like this is where a little bit of shame comes back into play. So the baby dolphin thing was actually in twenty sixteen. So yeah. for three years ago, we've been like railing against selfie culture and how it's ruining everything. But here's the problem is that uh, there are more people on this planet than b- before. Yeah. There are more people on social media than before. This is a problem that's just going to keep like compounding. Oh, and since and people can go to Hawaii because they're social media influencers, everybody's just it's just going to ramp everything up. Like if. You told me if I go take a picture in these flowers and I get to go to Hawaii, of course I'm going to trample a couple flowers to go to Hawaii. Yeah, and then I get to watch my wife roll down a fucking <laughs> eight-foot embankment and get more social media likes from yeah, that. and then we could talk about how we have a different fucking take on life now that our lives were in danger. Yeah, I'm going to cancel my YouTube channel because I've just learned what's really important after my wife took a little tumble down a hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I don't think... So, solution to this... Yes. ...isn't to get rid of social media because that's not going to fucking happen. No. It isn't to ask people to stop taking these pictures because that's not going to fucking yeah. happen. The solution is for us as citizens... Yeah. To all hold each other accountable and maybe call out people, call in people, because I've learned the difference between calling out yeah, and calling uh, in. I see what uh, you did there. Uh, th- nice, uh, inclusive. Uh, you yeah, like that? Yeah. Um, to, to just behave in a fucking respectful, non-shitty way yeah. uh, when they're going about shit like this. Yeah, we're not talking like 1950s housewife level of shame we're talking just a dab of shame like you got your soup boiling put a little bit of shame in there it's gonna bring the flavor and do that for for yourself as well like i i am trying really fucking hard Mm -hmm. to be a more conscientious user uh, of social media a lot of the shit i do is still really obnoxious but i'm getting better and i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm getting a little better all the time and try and do the same for yourself I think, like, I'm not going to say I'm guilt-free on social media, but for me, the the kind of self-filter I've always put on it was that when I'm posting stuff to social media, I do it as an effort to share something. Like, I share a lot of art that I do. I'm like, look what I made. And I do – I the, the point I'm trying to say is you try to share stuff instead of – brag about stuff like if you're like look what i gotta do aren't i cool that's really bad but if you're like oh look how cool this thing is that i saw like 
because I've been taking a lot of photos since I was like for like probably 15 years and I take a lot of pictures of flowers and everything and I put it on social media and I'm never and I'm trying to come at it not from look how good look of a photographer yeah, yeah look how good I am at taking photos I'm more of like look at this isn't this cool because I know for me personally I like going online and looking at a lot of cool photos like on National Geographic and you see all these sweet photos so it's like I want to give something to someone else to enjoy not bring attention to me to try prove my self-worth. And the shitty thing to you and people like you yeah. is that to an outside observer who sees you in nature taking pictures of things, the assumption is just like, oh, this is another social media dickhead doing social media dickhead things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no like delineation point between the two. So Yeah. And I guess there's nothing really you can do. It's just... When I'm when I am taking photos and I am in public, I don't like I try to be courteous about it. Like if somebody's trying to walk by, I'm not like, just wait, I'm trying to take a photo. I'm just like I just kind of try to not get in other people's way or in like sort of try. I try not to ruin the experience of the nature for anybody else. I'm like, I wonder how bad I am. And then I go and I look at my Instagram and the most recent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pictures are all of me. (laughs) Yeah. They're all like, I mean, they're me doing various things, but they are very much like, look at this thing I did. Yeah. And, But you've reached the point where you're self-aware of it. So now you are making an effort. And that's more than most people because most people are going the other way. Like there's this like – like we talked last week about like Johan O'Hari. Is that his name? Uh, Johan O'Hari. Yeah, how there's this huge disconnect thing. So people are like trying to counteract like their disconnection from each other by saying, look at all this cool stuff I'm doing don't you want to hang out with me so you could do cool stuff with me and then we'd be connected. So that might be like a subconscious plot to do it. Mm. Or it's like, I think it is the junk values thing. It's like the, I'm, I need this validation from like strangers on the internet telling me that the the ways I'm spending my time or the things I'm doing or the way I look or the places I go are cool. Yeah. Cause if you're feeling like this, tinge of emptiness inside and then you go do something and someone's like oh that's cool I wish I could do that then you're like oh that's a good thing for me to do and then in a weird way it makes you feel better about yourself but it's like like you said a junk value because it's not going to give you the same fulfillment yeah and that that is very much like a a trait of code I love how we always get into this shit at the end of our episode (laughs) so that anyone who listens to the first 45 minutes thinks we're fucking morons and then we're like oh we're actually like introspective but that is like uh, very much a trait of codependency in that yeah. you you are unable to recognize the value in the things you do for yourself and you like you seek external validation from other people to tell you that it's okay all Holy the time. Holy shit. So like social media as a whole is making everybody a little more codependent, codependent 100%. On yeah. So it's like a backfire because social media was meant to bring us all together and help us like share each other's experiences and then kind of bring happiness through that. But it's like driving us apart in this weird like 
it's kind of like expanding the circle and leaving the inside hollow because we're all becoming great metaphor. Yeah. Where we're doing all this wicked fun stuff, but we're not enjoying it unless someone else tells us how much they would enjoy doing that same thing. Yeah. Like we're experiencing more, we're, we're doing more, we're accomplishing more, but it's leaving us feel more and more. And I actually think Johan Hari talks about this in his book, but it's, it's leaving us feeling more empty and it's less rewarding for us because it's the the intrinsic versus the extrinsic so yeah exactly yeah so we're if we're seeking that validation from others we'll never appreciate it ourselves Mm -hmm. and and we just feel uh it's like you need to to keep like upping that that's uh you know, dose of drugs or whatever that you're yeah. fucking doing. It's like you got to moan louder when you're masturbating in the bathroom <laughs> so that like other screaming. people know you're masturbating. <laughs> so your codependence of the enjoyment of yourself masturbating can be actualized. Yeah. Which, if you're healthy, you'll just masturbate really quietly like everyone else instead of yeah. screaming, hey, I'm masturbating here <laughs> whenever you hear the door open. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Well, I was going to say we should end it on when we're deep and all smart sounding, but then I threw in the masturbating thing. So, oh, I did want to mention this whole because it's not really that big of a story anymore. Like before we talked about the shipping containers of garbage in the Philippines and how the guy said he we were going to go to war. Now, Canada neighborly is taking back the 15 thousand or the 1500 tons so there's 3000 pounds of garbage and we're taking it back and we're sending it to burnaby and we're gonna burn it guess what what we're turning it into energy so it's going to a plant where we burn so we basically just got free energy from the philippines yeah so which is great so everyone wins. I have a question. Why did we send it to the Philippines in the first place? If, if we, we could just burn, burn garbage for energy, why aren't we doing that with all of our garbage? Or is it certain things that they could burn? Yeah, I got to assume that's also probably not great for the environment in that you're burning garbage. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is it's like you have a hot, like a one thing that somebody was telling me was they burn they're starting to burn shopping bags because they're like they're plastic and they have the hydrocarbons like the same things that are in petroleum and stuff so that can like burn i guess hotter and then they have all these filters and stuff so it's not like spewing black smoke out into the atmosphere oh interesting another thing was i read the article about how they want that they're going to burn it in Burnaby because they said most of it is just plastic and paper, which is misleading because when we talked about this the first time, diapers, that's what they told the guys in the Philippines it was. And then it turned out to be there was garbage and there was a whole bunch of adult diapers because it came from like a nursing home or something. So when these shipping containers come back to Canada to Burnaby, Burnaby, and they're burning them and they're like, oh, we're just going to fucking burn all this paper and plastic. And then they crack open the door and they see it's full of adult diapers. Then what? Well, they'll probably still burn it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how much that would stink? You live in Burnaby. You're going to be six, smelling it, bud. Six-year-old adult diapers that have been sitting in a shipping container in a tropical environment just fucking incubating and festering for six 
years. I mean, six years, you would think most of the fecal matter is probably decomposed by now, and you're just left with the shit that... I mean, six years, probably a lot of it's decomposed. Anything yeah. that's left is going to be plastics or, like, things that wouldn't decompose. And horror movie sludge. I have a question. This is kind of scientific. Like... Stuff that's decomposing releases gases, which are flammable. So if you have the shipping container and you fucking open it and it has and it's been sealed for six years, somebody could die from that. Like they're probably going to have to wear like these huge like suits with like fucking hazmat shit. And I guess that doesn't really matter to us because we're not working at the plant, but it's gross. Do you think if there if it is full of adult diapers, do you think it will make more energy or less energy than plastic bags? More, because there's like adult diapers are at least like a plastic bag is one ply. Like yeah. it's you know, it's thin enough that it'll rip if you put too much heavy shit in it. Yeah. Adult diapers hopefully are a little thicker. Uh, and more substantial. So that in turn will burn longer and generate more energy. Ah, good call. So everyone, uh, particularly in the Burnaby, BC area, look for a huge price break on your energy bill because <laughs> yeah. uh, we did it. Hey, remember last year when that garbage barge was on fire in New Burnaby? West. Yeah, yeah, was that like, yeah. Well, New West is just south of Burnaby, right? Yeah. So was that the same thing no and they just said it was a garbage barge no that was that was on fire that was not a roving <laughs> waste <laughs> energy plant that was actually a garbage barge on fire uh hey thanks for tuning in to episode 90 of outrage factory as always i've been your co-host Derek bolin you can follow me on the twitter machine at herder i've been your other co-host dale deruder you can follow me on the twitter machine at Super Dalebot. Or his new handle at The Bathroom Masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please feel free to rate, uh, review, and subscribe to us. You can find Derek in the Zen Room, either asleep <laughs> or fucking. It's a 50 50 chance. <laughs> uh, like us on Twitter. Wait, no, like us on Facebook. Yeah. That's the thing you do on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. That's the thing you do on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends about this lovely fucking podcast with two super handsome co hosts who are going to go gay for each other in 400 episodes. Yeah. Uh, anything and, else? Uh, g- uh, give us money on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we. Did we get any response back to our call for people to donate money? None whatsoever. Okay, good. We don't have to give them stuff. Although I haven't checked the email address for this podcast (laughs) in like probably a year and a half. So maybe I'll check that out. What if there's like the people being like, we'll give you money if you let us advertise on your show? Yeah, that is probably where it would go. So maybe I should check that out. Oh, wait. Do people – do you think people get approached on their – Podcast, or they go find like an advertising firm and they're like, yo, we're looking for advertising. Clearly, we have no idea because yeah. nobody gives us money for any of this shit. Huh. That's probably better because then you get a pure experience. Right? We're not yeah. going to be owned by our advertisers. We're, we're not, not going to sell out. We're not going to have people telling us what we can or cannot say on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and we'll just be poor forever. It's much better. <laughs> uh, until next week, stay angry. <laughs>